Welcome to the Quality Improvement Box Set by RCVS Knowledge, a series of webinars, podcasts, and video interviews for practices and practitioners. Hi, everyone. Today, I'm going to be talking to uh, Joe. is lead receptionist at 387 Vets in Walsall. Hi, Joe. Hello, Pam. Hi, lovely to talk to you. Um, I wanted to talk to you particularly about your role in the practice around quality improvement. Okay, that's lovely. So, uh, when I went on the BVRA Congress, uh, you did a super presentation all around quality improvement, and it got me really passionate about how we could improve things at our practice. So, we've always done lots of auditing for a number of years, um, but I've now assumed the role of quality improvement officer Uh, so I'm now responsible for facilitating the audits in the practice uh, and making sure that we've got audits across various sections of the practice not just clinical areas non-clinical as well Uh, and basically following up on those audits and making sure that yes we're moving in the right direction and if we're not moving in the right right direction how do we improve things Uh, so Some of the audits that I've personally been involved in have been puppy socialisation, so uh, making sure that vets and nurses are having conversations with new puppy owners, uh, that they socialise their puppies. Um, I've also been involved in general anaesthetic, making sure that the forms are correctly completed, because we were finding not even patients' names were on there initially, Um, And it just makes the whole thing um, so uh, sort of disjointed when you haven't got half the information that should be on there, especially when it's even basic information. So making sure that those forms were completed properly and also involved in uh, stock management and making sure that certain products that seem to disappear off the shelf very quickly, but stock is saying, oh, we actually have six of those and trying to work out, well, why is the discrepancy? Um, So those are some of the things that we've been involved in historically. And then we're also looking at doing future audits, which I will be launching at our clinical meeting on Thursday. Wow, great. So, yeah, so uh, looking at things like euthanasia. So have we carried out the client's instructions? Did they want a routine or did they want an individual cremation? And did they want caskets, urns? Is that what they've actually got? And what sparked that was uh, initially a poor client came in and they'd asked for an individual cremation with uh, footprints and fur and all sorts of things. And sadly, we hadn't done those extra things. So um, it kind of highlighted that this is an important area to look at. So that's a new one. Um, Also, the histories that come through from other vets, making sure they're attached to the records and that we've updated the history of the vaccination status. So again, it's it's compliance for the patient and it's also, you know, business for the vets as well. So looking at it from a two-edged sword. Uh, So yeah, there are a couple of the good things that are coming up as well. Wow, Um, it sounds amazing. And I think it's so um, enlightened for your practice to have their QI champion being one of the reception team. I think that's lovely to hear. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good for reception to get involved 
Um, it's great for teamwork. So the audit teams that we set up, we try to have a vet, a nurse and a member of reception. So you're getting lots of perspectives on uh, the audit itself. Um, it means that everybody can understand the whole of the business. So the nurses can understand the constraints that the receptionists have and vice versa. Um, and I think it's really rewarding for everybody to see that you've actually improved on something. So whereas the puppy socialisation was at uh, 45% initially, and it's gradually gone up audit by audit to now being 85%, it's it's inspiring, really. It's wonderful. And, uh, you know, wonder, I mean, it's great that it's uh, such so much a whole team effort. I think that's brilliant. And you have that in each audit, where, you know, whether it's a little bit clinical or a little bit non-clinical, you have a mixture of people, which is wonderful. Um, and your uh, the puppy socialisation one you describe, well, I mean, that's so topical, isn't it? With, um, you know, after lockdown, all these lockdown puppies and whether right. they got socialised or not. So what you were measuring... Um, whether the vets and nurses recorded that they talked about socialisation, were you? Is that what you were measuring? Yeah. So when they came in for first or second vaccinations, has a conversation taken place that we've discussed socialisation and the reason why that's important? Excellent. And if a discussion hasn't taken place, why not? <laughs> <laughs> and so did you do some team training about that when you started or partway through? Or Yeah, so we talked about it at practice meetings. Um, after the audit, uh, I would complete a, a sort of a, a focus sheet saying this is how we've done this audit. This is what we did last audit. So we've moved it forward by X percent. However, we need to get up to our target level, which, well, we set it at 95 percent, actually, which is quite high. Very high. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, and this is how you do it. So we've got various SOPs in place for people to refer to as to what conversation they have. We've got puppy packs that they give out to clients, so that will prompt them to talk about socialisation as well as lots of other areas. Um, so, yeah, you know, there's lots of things within practice that have changed as a result of that. Excellent. And presumably you, you listen to the team when they say why sometimes they can't do it. Yeah, sometimes it's just a question of they've not documented it properly. Um, so, yeah, just trying to focus their minds on, on making sure that things are written down, that they've discussed X, Y and Z. Excellent. Um, and, and you said you got um, you were doing something around cremation. I mean, that's just such a sensitive area, isn't it? If something goes wrong, it it's so upsetting for the clients. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it's the one time that I think you've got to get things right because there is no going back. There is no second chance. So, yeah, it's, it's really important. And how easy have you found to get to get the team on board with these projects? Um, sometimes it can be a bit of a tick box exercise. So, oh yes, we've got this audit to do. Let's tick the box to say that we've done it and move on. Um, I'm hoping that with my role as a quality improvement officer, that just by having a presence at the meetings and having a, a focused person that people can come to and I can say, oh, that audit's due by the end of the month. How are you getting on with it? That it'll just keep the, the focus going that actually audits are very important and there is a reason for it. It's not just a tick box. We're actually trying to make ourselves better. Absolutely. I think that's right. People have to understand. And great with your um, the one you demonstrated 
discussed with us about the puppy things that you, you you kept telling them all the way through or kept sharing with your team all the way through what the improvement was and that's important isn't it you've got to feedback yeah and I think as well from a morale point of view people can see that yes it is making a difference uh, you know it makes people more receptive to keep going absolutely um, and, and have you had other team members now suggest areas that to audit next yeah, we've got the nurses that uh, are doing care plans and post-op temperatures. Um, so those have taken place this quarter as well. And then from a non-clinical side, I've suggested that we look at client waiting times. Uh, that's a little more challenging on how we actually work out how the logistics of how we, we sort that one. But um, yeah, once we've got the audit teams in place, I'm sure we'll, we'll come up with a plan. Excellent. And you'll probably um, demonstrate when you do the one about client waiting times, what they call the Hawthorne effect, that when people are being watched, they um, perform better. Because uh, probably you, you might find that everyone gets a bit competitive for how long they're keeping the, the clients waiting. But um, I would imagine. <laughs> and do you, would you ever share any of these um, results from your audits uh, with, with the clients? Do the clients know what's going on? Well, funnily enough, uh, in the last newsletter, our practice manager did put a piece on the newsletter that I was going to start focusing on quality improvement. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's nice from the client's point of view to know that we do these things in the background. So just because we've always done something doesn't mean to say it's always the best way to do it. Uh, so I think if clients can appreciate that, you know, we do go in above and beyond kind of behind, behind the scenes, then it's it's good that they know that. I think so. And I think it's great that reception knows what's going on with even the more clinical audits. So, you know, maybe um, post-operative infections or that kind of thing. If you know about it, it's you can reassure people when they're leaving their animals, can't you? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a very worrying time for people, obviously. And do um, your reception team get involved? In, if, do you have significant event audit meetings when things go wrong? And if you do, do your reception team get involved? So historically, it was very um, sort of ad hoc. So in a clinical meeting or practice meeting, it would be, oh, yes, I remember when this happened. Uh, what we've actually got in place now is a significant event folder. So that has got a pro forma in there, very easy to fill out, mostly a tick box exercise, the reasons why that thing happened. Definitely not a blame culture. Um, so it, it's about finding out what happened, why did it happen and how do we make sure it doesn't happen again. And then in the clinical meeting, we're going to bring up those significant events. So we've actually got the folder now with everything that's happened along the way, rather than it being, oh, now, when did that happen? And did we discuss it last time? So a much more formal approach, I think, is yeah. better. I think that's a great idea to have somewhere where people can record it. And what about near yeah. misses? Would you record those as well? Yes, yeah. So we're doing kind of the wrong medications being given out. That's a severe breach. Um, or we've given too much of a medication. So instead of four tablets, we've given 30 tablets, things like that. Um, so, yeah, we, we are counting all sorts of things, even when things have gone wrong during anaesthetic. Um, sadly, we lost a patient before Christmas. So could we have done anything differently? Maybe not. But just 
assessing it as a team well we did this how could it have gone better it's just you know it focuses the mind and makes everybody think about what we could have done absolutely and i think that's another great example of how important it is to have reception involved too because maybe that the animal uh, maybe it was a rabbit or maybe it was a very nervous cat and maybe it was sitting next to a barking dog before it was admitted and maybe that we had lots of adrenaline circulating and that could maybe account for some of the, the the clinical things that happened later so and if you don't have reception involved how do you know about that part of the story yeah. you don't get a full story do you unless you get the whole no, team, so. no that's right no, that's good and, and but yeah i think near misses are amazing um amazing thing to record and discuss because nothing really did terrible did happen so it's, it's easier to yeah. discuss and and reception have such a vital role with handing over medication and often you're the people who find out that there's a mistake aren't you when you when you're handing it over to someone yeah that's right so if it could be nicked in the board all the better <laughs> excellent and you said you were doing a project around um around um histories being attached from other practices and things Yes, that's right. So when we get a history through, making sure that it's attached to the patient record, but also that the vaccination history has been updated so that they can get their annual reminder. Right. Okay. Yes, because that's quite often could get missed, couldn't it? Yeah. So whose responsibility would that be to be doing all that then? So at the moment, reception, look at the emails two or three times a day. So whoever looks at the emails, sees the history, attaches it to the record, and then it's their responsibility to update the vaccination status. Um, It just seems sensible that one person own that particular case rather than everybody doing bits of this, bits of that. Um, So, yeah, that's how we work it. Yeah, good. And, I mean, is there a chance for, um, you know, where would people... ask how, how are they if someone in the practice wanted to set up a certain project how, how would they go about that would they come to you to ask is that how it works now your qi champion yes so the clinical meeting will discuss what audits we're currently doing what audits we want to do and what time scales are we going to do them in uh, what's the priority at the moment and like you say getting everybody in the practice involved in at least one audit um, so yeah, we we have quite a list of things that we want to look at at the moment. Yeah, I think timescales is a good idea as well because you know you you want to um, make sure that you that you you're not taking on too much, don't you? At the same time. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And making sure that it's the, I mean, what we're looking at doing is focusing on where have our significant events happened, and is there an audit that we can do to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Um, so that's kind of a priority. So where wrong medication has been given out, uh, I've developed a medication and dispensing checklist. So, yeah, it's what we should all know what to do, but we don't necessarily always do it. So just by having a checklist that we can follow, oh, yes, I need to just check that. Um, so, again, that's something else that we're doing as part of the auditing that's brilliant i mean we're all human so we we, just, we all make mistakes so i think checklists are so useful to re- just remind us to go through especially when yeah you know you're a little bit distracted by other things that are going on it's so easy or you're very rushed which everybody obviously is been in practice recently um or yeah. tired that it's just much more likely for these things to happen isn't it um and of yeah. course there's the surgical safety checklist too that um the vets can and nurses can use in in um in theater I don't know if your practice mm-hmm. is that, but but I think there's so many places for check. I think medicine medication checklists are great, or case 
hand over checklists. It's yeah, a matter absolutely. of putting systems of work in, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, brilliant. It sounds like you're, you're doing an amazing amount, really. Um, so you said you've got future projects. What kind of other things are you thinking of? You said waiting times. You're going to do that. Is that because wait, um, you've had complaints about people waiting or just a certain bottleneck times or, or what? There are certain times, um, so particularly Mondays and Fridays, which I think everybody can relate to, um, or there's maybe certain vets that are a little bit slower than maybe other vets. So just seeing where we can alleviate some of those pressure points. Do we need an extra vet on a Monday morning? Things like that. Um yeah, so that's one of the things that we're looking at doing. Uh, also, estimates on consent forms, um, particularly with dentals, even though it's very hard to estimate for a dental, uh, but they are such big figures sometimes. Uh, so if the client's expecting a, a couple of hundred pounds and it comes in at a thousand, then did we really manage that client's expectations? Well, that, sound, that sounds great. I think um, you're right that dentals can be a, a huge um, bone of contention, can't they? Um, yeah. You know, um, because it's so difficult to estimate. But just the fact that there is some sort of estimate on there is a, is the first stage, isn't it? And, um, and, and I think all the examples you've given are really powerful because you can go back and discuss this with actual facts, can't you? Rather than just saying, oh, we don't think people are doing estimates for dentals. You can actually say 25% of our dentals didn't have an estimate or, or whatever your figure is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think it's far easier for a client if they come in and we've said all oh, the dental could be between five and 800. Even if it comes in at 800, at least you've managed that client's expectation on it. Um, and whether a signature means anything or not, you've got a signature to say they were aware of it as well. Well, if they've been informed, then then that's the thing. And obviously, you and, and the client care team, you're the ones that get the backlash when when people that's right. come come to collect their animals and haven't. Um, so you know, you're on are on the front line of that. So um, no, I mean, have you ever thought of um, you know having sort of client focus groups and asking them what kind of things you you might need to improve? That's a good idea, actually. They do that a lot in doctors, don't they? Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't think it's common in vet practices at all, but I think it's something that no. might be interesting that you could maybe or or any kind of survey of your regular clients doesn't always it could be a focus group or it could be a questionnaire or anything like that so yeah we, we are actually drafting a survey at the moment because um myself and the practice manager are working on the rcvs customer service additional awards um so we are putting in place a survey for that uh, so that would be a an interesting exercise to see what clients think of us and where they think we can improve. Absolutely. And and it's just being open, isn't it? It's learning from these things. It's not being defensive. It's learning from things um, from from each other and as, as a whole team and learning from what our, our clients think is important as well, because sometimes what we think is important and what our clients think is important are not always the same things, are they? So. No, they're not. No, no. It's not always the cuddling a puppy that's important it could be the arm around them when they lose their lifelong pet and so yeah it is important yeah absolutely um and as far as the rest of your team is concerned have they um sort of embraced quality improvement now have they done any like cpd on it so i've looked at the rcvs knowledge uh, as is the practice manager yeah super side if anybody hasn't looked at it um and we've discussed today actually setting up maybe little 10 minute training sessions, particularly for people that have never done an audit before, so that they know 
how to research it, what they're looking for, and how to even set out their findings of, of what the audits found. Um, so yeah, we're going to set that up as well. Excellent, because we um, at RCBS Knowledge, apart from having a CPD audit course they could do, which is takes a little, a little uh, probably half an hour or so we've also got yeah. the qi box set which has got lots of short podcasts like this that they can listen yeah. to so yeah encourage your team to um if they're interested um to, to have a look at that because um you know we can all learn from each other then can't we definitely yeah well, thank you so much for talking to me. I am so pleased. I couldn't be more pleased that we've now got um, people in, in front of house and client care involved in quality improvement. In the past, it has kind of been thought of as being a vet's thing or a nurse's thing, but it's a whole team thing, isn't it? It is. And I, I do feel really enthusiastic about starting or continuing and making it better, um, you know, improving the quality within the practice. So once you get involved in it, I think you appreciate just how uh, and it's very important for the health and well-being of staff because if you can do a job that's easier than perhaps you were doing before and achieving a better result then that's ultimately going to have an impact on your health and well-being as well if you haven't got clients coming in complaining about a certain thing then it all um, it all helps with you your health and your well-being that's such a good point thank you for raising that i think um yeah the team morale that you, that you get from from um the fact that you're all cooperating you're all talking and communicating about these things and you're making a difference um yeah and we spend so much time at work so that that is a, a brilliant a brilliant point that yes this it's the welfare of the animals but it's also the welfare of the team isn't it Absolutely, yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking to me. I think your practice is so lucky to have such an enthusiastic QI <laughs> champion. Um, so we will wait to um, to sit to see more things coming from you. And don't forget, we have the Knowledge Awards. You can enter for those. <laughs> I will. Thank you, Pam. Okay. Great <laughs> to speak to you. Bye. And you. Bye-bye. For further courses, examples and templates for quality improvement, please visit our quality improvement pages on our website at rcvsknowledge.org.